Welcome to the BBT Podcast. I'm Becca. And I'm Quilly. We're friends that are just trying to be better together. Join us to hear about what it's like to be in between Gen Z and millennial identities. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the BBT Pod. Have you ever wondered what our MBTI types are? Furthermore, as we made our way down our movie watch list, we noticed some striking similarities between Gandalf from Lord of the Rings and Dumbledore from Harry Potter. And we are so excited today to be unpacking those two topics. But first, before we start unpacking those two topics, we actually have a new segment on the, on the podcast. Remember last week when we said to wait for something? Well, here it is. It's called WWW. There is no dot. We kind of lied about that. But it's called WWW, which stands for Wild Word Wisdom. Ta-da! Basically, we're going to introduce to you new words that we found online, have each other guess what they are, and then uh, see how correctly we get it, uh, look at some of the origins and fun new stuff. So we're just learning new stuff together. Yes, our weight of becoming better together. Yep. Okay, so when we were pitching this idea, we wanted to test how fun it would be, right? So Becca already knows this, but let's play it anyways. So uh, we were looking up like cool words, and I found this word called catawampus. It's spelled C-A-T-A-W-A-M-P-U-S. Hmm. What could Sounds that weird, mean? Sounds weird, eh? Sounds very right? weird. What could that mean? So when she told me this word, the first thing that I thought of was like something big. Catawampus sounds like it would describe like a large, something just large and like kind of unappealing. But when she told me the definition, I was so so shook. Like she was actually very close though. It is an adjective or it can also be used as an adverb. Basically, it means like positioned diagonally or awry or askew but i have seen it used most diagonally like for example someone would be like today i took a shortcut and i walked catawampus across the street to the library like wow very interesting and then so we we think of these words as like stuff we don't often see right but then literally that night i was watching an episode of the office it was uh season six episode nine double date where Dwight tries to get the office to owe him favors, right? But Andy is like, no, I'm going to help you out as much as I can so I don't you any, owe you any favors. So Andy fixes Dwight's shirt collar and he was like, do not walk around with your jacket, catawampus. <laughs> what? Like, what a Literally that night. Like, what a coincidence. Quilly sent it to me and I was like, what are the odds? Seriously, yeah. what are the odds that that would happen? But, right? Yeah. Before I start into my wild word wisdom, I actually have a little side tangent. So during this week, Quilly stumbled across a very popular Toronto slang word. (laughs) And she was like, uh, if you're from Toronto, you probably have heard this word before or you're kind of familiar with it. So shout out to Toronto listeners out there. But she saw this word during our meeting and she was like, Becca, what is Ali? And I was like... Ali. I don't think I'm very familiar with a word called Ali. And then is she it like showed... no cap? <laughs> yeah, she was like, is that no cap? And then I looked at it and it was a lie. And basically, like a lie is another way that Toronto people say right. If you're at a restaurant with your friend and your friend's like, oh, you should like try this meal. It's really good. And then you try it and then they're like, they look at you. And they're like, it's good, right? You would basically be like, it's good, a lie. And then that's like how you would use that word. It's been popular since I was in elementary school, I think. And people still kind of use it now. But yeah, I thought that that was really funny. Yeah, same. A lie. (laughs) Ali. I was like, what is Ali? Ali? And you were like, wait. I was like, wait. (laughs) I don't know what that is. But yeah, kind of funny. So today's uh, wild word wisdom from me is Widdershins, W-I-D-D-E-R-S-H-I-N-S. Widdershins. It is a, hold on, let me look this up. 
It is. You didn't even adjective. look it up yet. <laughs> is it? No, I have it. I have it. I have it. But I'm just like, I need to pull it up. It is an adjective. Okay. Wittershins? Yeah. Not gonna lie. When I first heard of it, um, I was thinking like, it, it's an object, mm-hmm. but it's not. Because that's what I default to when I don't know things. But Wittershins? Okay. I'm gonna break it down. This is what's yeah. going on in my head. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. Witter. It sounds like whittle, right? And right. beavers like to whittle trees down. <laughs> so, oh wait, is that what but it's shins, you, like they they whittle. They, they, oh, they, 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 I actually didn't know that. Oh, okay, cool. Well, we all learn new things, yeah. right? And so, uh, I'm thinking like, but then there's shins. Yeah, shins. I think of like soccer gear oh, because okay. you gotta protect your shins. Yeah, waiter shins. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna. What what is forming in my head is like something's been whittled down, and it is, it's like wear and tear. So it's gone through some wear and tear. Oh, I actually really like that. It's actually kind of related to catawampus in terms of like it's a, it like describes a direction. Okay. So it's a German origin word, and it actually means counterclockwise. (laughs) <laughs> never could have guessed but i i'm inspired now i know right? counterclockwise like, how would you even figure that out maybe if we were german we would see that some of the words like fit together and make sense yeah exactly that's cool yeah speaking of origins catawampus is american oh yeah yeah very cool Okay, wait. When you said counterclockwise, this reminded me of something really cool. Okay. Or, okay. or I, like, I thought it was really cool. Okay. Basically, um, I had this really inspirational gym teacher in uh, high school, and he would tell us about perspective, right? So um, he told us to take our finger and point it upwards. You can try it out too. And then you draw counter cir- counterclockwise circles in the ceiling, right? But then you keep drawing it as you move the finger down towards uh under your your eyesight and it's going clockwise oh do you see it it's like counterclockwise up but then it's clockwise down yeah so he's like it's all about perspective Perspective. and i was like boom you've inspired me sir that's inspiring i am impressed now that we're a little wiser let's dive deeper and look at some personality types so how me and Quilly did this, or Quilly and I did this, is we did it for ourselves, but then we also did it from the perspective of the other person. So I did the test based on like what I think Quilly would answer, and she did the test based on what she think I would answer. But just a little background of what the Myers-Briggs test is, it's basically a personality test developed by Isabel Myers and Catherine Briggs to make the theory of psychological types described by Carl Jung understandable and useful in people's lives. Yeah, pretty much it says that random variations in behavior can actually be categorized and ordered and they're actually present inconsistent appearances, right? Being due to basic differences in the ways individuals prefer to use their perception and judgment. You might have heard that there's Like if someone were to say their type, there is like four different letters. So each of these letters refer to like extroversion or introversion, sensing or intuition, thinking or feeling, judging and perceiving. Um, And then extroversion, introversion is just like how you recharge your energy. Sensing and intuition is like how you collect information. Sensing is like getting information from your immediate surroundings. And then intuitives look more about like the meaning of things, making connections in their brain. Thinking is how you make decisions. So do you go with your head or do you go with your heart? Judging is how you organize your information. So judging, a person who is more of a judger would be more structured and do things in a more like organized way where perceivers like to be more flexible and kind of go with the flow. I know that's a lot of information, but we'll, we'll keep it in mind as we go to the next part. But basically, what we did here was we did the guessing game, and then we the site that we used is 16 Personalities. It seems to be the most popular one for doing the, these tests. 
Um, they have like nice illustrations and they have a name for each one. So let's see. Let's guess each other's. Becca, how did you do on mine? What did you guess from me? Okay, so when I did the test for Quilly, I got ENFJ, which is on 16 personalities called the protagonist. And the strengths and weaknesses, just really quickly, is um, outgoing and warm-hearted, empathetic, wide social circle, encouraging, organized, affectionate, and persuasive. And some weaknesses include overly sensitive, indecisive, self-sacrificing, <laughs> overprotective, and manipulative. Manipulative, eh? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. How about you? Okay, so what I guessed for you was I got the result INFP, which is introverted, intuitive, feeling, and prospecting. And it's the mediator on the website. So going through strengths and weaknesses, uh, I guess that you were loyal and devoted, sensitive to feelings, a great strength, caring and interested in others, I totally feel that, works well alone, mm -hmm. values close relationships, and good at seeing the big picture. And then weaknesses include can be overly idealistic, tends to take things personally, difficult to get to know, sometimes loses sight of little things, and overlooks details. So I wow. hope I'm right. Uh, if I'm not, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with you. Did okay. I get you right? Yes. Yes. You got wow. me 100% correct. <laughs> Extrovert, intuitive, feeling, and judging. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. Yes. I am a protagonist, and I am so glad that you got me right. But also, like, I, I question myself, am I that easy to read? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh. Maybe you're an open book, Quilly. Okay, open maybe book. that comes with being hmm, I extroverted. Don't know. Maybe it might be. You know, I think maybe I feel more like introverts are harder to read. I was thinking that, like, hmm, I can't exactly choose between this or this because, like, we never went over it. But I don't yeah, know. Exactly. but you guessed mine correctly, so honestly, I have no excuses. How close was I? <laughs> you're pretty close though, because I am ISFP. So that's the only difference. So I got one okay. letter wrong. I got you the got S wrong. You got one letter wrong. Yes, yes. The only difference between ISFP and INFP is an ISFP is more, they focus more on the physical space more than the imaginative, big picture kind of space. So for example, Quilly in the first episode was like, I had dreams where I was flying. For me, I've never had a dream where I was flying. I've never had a dream where I've done anything outside that would have not happened in my real life. I think the wildest dream that I've ever had was one where I was driving around Toronto with Post Malone. The wildest part about that dream is the fact that Post Malone was driving around Toronto in a Honda Civic. Oh my and god. It's not like like the <laughs> You know what? Like that could actually happen one day. But I wasn't flying. I wasn't like fighting monsters and stuff or oh like god. doing magic magic tricks. You're right. So, now that I think about you know, it, you're totally right. Dude, I have dreams of like, did I tell you this one? Where I was in a go-kart with you, uh, your family and friends. And then we were going through a mountain that looked like it was straight out of Frozen. And then yeah. we ended up like somewhere where we had to do a mission with Hagrid from Harry Potter. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. Whoa. Yeah. If you think about how Quilly listens to music and how I listen to music, it's really different. So if you ever get Quilly to give you a song suggestion, she'll be like, the words and the meanings to this song is like so profound and it makes me so emotional and sentimental. And I'll be like, I like this song because I think it sounds kind of cool. I think this song has like a nice rhythm to it. Like Good I was vibes. last week, the vibes, I was watching a TikTok the other day and then it was like Telepathy by BTS, BTS. and I was like this song has good vibes and then I liked it and I also like Dynamite because it has good vibes yeah. so Ooh. yeah you go for the vibes I go for the vibes the and meaning. other stuff <laughs> but yeah the meaning Deep means meaning. a lot to me and uh I think that's you're right I look deeper into things sometimes sometimes more than I actually need to like honestly if you're listening to music go for the vibes <laughs> yeah it's that's funny. very cool but yeah okay i was close i'm but sorry basically no i could see why you thought that okay you know? wait so what is the name of isfp 
the on the oh, website. Oh, they're called the Adventurer. Ooh. Yes, the Adventurer. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, let's let's clarify some things. I got some of these wrong, and I would like to firstly apologize and then go through actual points about you. So your actual strengths and weaknesses. Okay. Oh yes. Let's go through that. Yeah. Okay, so okay. the strengths are pretty similar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you're very aware of your environment. But mm-hmm. one thing that I missed on is that you're very practical. This likes abstract theoretical information. That resonates with me. Listen, okay. If you took engineering and you took linear algebra, linear algebra talks about the fifth dimension. And I was sitting there in that class like, I cannot picture the fifth dimension. Because we don't know what it is. Yeah. Completely <laughs> so abstract. Like, so abstract and so hard. Reserved and quiet. Strong need for personal space. Dislikes arguments and conflict. They put that as a weakness. But I mean, I guess it kind of is a weakness. Sometimes. I mean, I think obviously these things are debatable, right? And mm-hmm. so is the use of this uh, system. So the Myers-Briggs uh, system has like some criticism. Uh, first of all, I would like to apologize. You may hear some honking. Uh, it is the weekly COVID lockdown protests that occur in Toronto. Oh uh, God. Yeah. So I'm sorry, but let's go continue. <laughs> yeah. So um, let, let's let's put it in a way that we, we all kind of get, you know, like horoscopes, right? So people look at horoscopes and they're like, oh my God, this is like wishy-washy. I don't really like being boxed into this like, like thing. People have the same opinion with the Myers-Briggs test, right? So, like, some psychologists often criticize it for, like, boxing people into 16 categories. Um, But, like, what do you think about this? Yeah, so, like, humans, like, we love just being categorized into things. That's why we love BuzzFeed quizzes. We're like, what vegetable am I? I am doing this test. Sign me up. And that's why we love, like, the Hogwarts house test Mm -hmm. and all of those tests. Because it's, like, when we do them, we're a part of this little club where with all of our... Yeah, we're with all of our Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff friends. But then if you look at like the other characteristics, I was categorized into Ravenclaw. But I look at Hufflepuff and I'm like, I see some of me in there too. So it's not like we're just one thing. That's like the main criticism of Myers-Briggs. And one that like psychologists often recommend doing is called the five the big five test, which basically looks at how you stack up on five major dimensions of personality. So it looks at your openness, your conscientiousness, your agreeableness, your extroversion, and your neuroticism. This is often called the ocean test as well. And I remember doing like, this. Yeah, this test looks at your your personality in like a very deep way this test will tell you how vulnerable you are it'll yeah. tell you how easily you trust other people like um it tells you how self-disciplined you are how orderly you are and mm-hmm. these are some things that sometimes you don't even want to know about yourself you're like afraid to really have like a deep understanding of for yourself because it's like oh i didn't realize like maybe i do have like um i'm a little bit selfish and things like that yeah so, it goes into a realm that is maybe more you have to open up more and you're more vulnerable to facing your true fears or like um the true depths of your personality which i think it's great to have them both because first of all you can see like how maybe others perceive you i feel like myers-briggs is more of a it it shows you how you would behave in like a setting with other Mm -hmm. people but it doesn't dive into the introspective parts of you right So yeah, yeah. I do remember taking this. I took an engineering business course and yeah. they were like, do this to see how neurotic you are. And I was like, what do you yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I felt actually a little bit personally attacked by doing this. Me too. Yo, right? Because I scored super high on neuroticism. And if you don't really look into the definition, you might feel offended. Right. It's yes, really it actually is. about like anxiety, anger, how yeah. you how self-conscious you are in, yeah. and stuff like that. And I was very high on that at the time. So I felt offended. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Oh it's crazy. But I yeah, I got no. like really low on conscientiousness. And I was like, damn, am I? Do I have low self-discipline? <laughs> I'm like, oh, my gosh. But it gives you a chance to kind of reevaluate who you are. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I definitely recommend. Yeah. 
I think we definitely recommend this. It's really fun too. Because I mean, like, yeah. if you can do BuzzFeed quizzes that tell you which smarty color you are, you can do this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're going to link it down below. So definitely yeah. feel free to check them out. Do mm-hmm. them. Tell us what Myers-Briggs type you are. So yeah. a conversation with us. Cool. Do you have any fun facts about your type? Yeah. So going back to like the less deep version of a personality test looking at the Myers-Briggs, the website 16 Personalities is really cool because it, at the end of it, it gives you like a list of people that um, may have the same personality as you. So like I'm not saying that they definitely did the test themselves, but it's more like how others perceive them. So basically what we did in the beginning, right? So um, it's usually famous people, right? And then, okay, I, I, I'm really jealous of one of Becca's. <laughs> Becca, you want to share which famous okay, people? So, okay, so I got Jungkook. Jung, Jungkook. How do you say his name? I think it's pronounced. Okay, we usually say Jungkook. But then, like, Jungkook. I think it, Koreans actually pronounce. I saw this, like, guy teaching on TikTok, and he's yeah. like, it's pronounced Songguk. Oh. Yeah, something Song-guk. like Songguk, like but the, it's not really a Song-guk. J. It's kind of like a JT. So, like, Songguk. Okay. Yeah. But JK. <laughs> yeah, from BTS. Prince Harry, apparently. Wow. From one source. But Kuli has some really deep ones. Okay. okay. <laughs> Yo. So, <she> like. Too. <laughs> yeah. I'm about to reveal something I'm proud of, but not really. It's like having the same personality type. Yeah, cool. But, like, what does that mean? There are some pretty cool people that have the same personality type. So according to 16 personalities, there's Barack Obama, Oprah, Malala, Jennifer Lawrence. When I think of her, I think of like her wanting pizza and I always want pizza. And then Maya Angelou. And then I looked into like fictional characters and Daenerys Targaryen. So if you watch the um, Game of Thrones or if you read the books, her before season eight. Okay, if you know, you know. (laughs) And then, okay, so we haven't seen the Matrix as mentioned before, but apparently Morpheus and the Oracle also have ENFJ. So I'm curious to see what they're like. Did you look at fictional characters for yours? Yeah, so I looked at the ones that we're going to be talking about today, actually. Fancy ones? So, (laughs) So Lord of the Rings. Oh, wait, no, actually, let's talk about... Breaking Bad. So I oh. apparently am Jesse Pinkman from Breaking Bad, which is like the sidekick. So that's interesting. I'm also relating back to our topic, Legolas, according to the books. Oh my god, I'm so jealous. He <laughs> is he is driven by his convictions, has a nearly spiritual connection with nature and reacts to things based on how they impact him rather than merely what is rational. Mm. And apparently, I'm Harry Potter. We have the same personality type, wow. apparently. Main character. Because he is, apparently, from the source, he is more of an introvert, preferring to mull things over in private mm. than air them out loud. Harry's SP nature also shines through whenever there's a crisis or threat that needs to be dealt with. Harry doesn't sit around and strategize before attacking the problem. Uh, he just that goes is in very true. head first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Makes very, I know. <laughs> right? He does not. He just kind of, yeah, I'm just going to go. Oh, that's great. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's, I didn't know about Harry. But now that I think of it, he is an introvert. Yeah, a little bit, right? He's a little awkward. Mm-hmm. Well, relating to movies. that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> relating to that, I also looked at my Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Okay, so in Lord of the Rings, I am Faramir. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I don't know too much about him. He is Boromir's brother, who almost gets murdered by their own father. Um, but then he gets together with Eowyn, so I really like that. Wait, spoiler alert, I'm sorry. but yeah they get together and it's very cute and then what i'm really happy about though is that dumbledore is apparently an enfj yes right so it says here that he is warm empathetic responsive and responsible highly attuned to the emotions needs and motivations of others find potential in others and want to help them fulfill it may act as a catalyst or individual group growth and provides inspiring leadership 
I am nowhere near that, but one day maybe. Uh, one day. Be like Dumbledore, you know. I, I really like you his vibe. You are the Dumbledore to my Harry Potter. Ah, that's cute. Yeah. <laughs> so we shared with you who in Lord of the Rings and uh, Harry Potter were like, right? What we're going to do is share with you things that we found very similar between the two. Um, you know, the most striking one is going to be related to Dumbledore. And stay tuned to find out. Welcome back from the break. This is when we're going to be talking about the similarities that we saw between Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. But before we start that, I just wanted to mention something that I forgot to mention in the first part of this. So so if you were to go on 16personalities.com and you were to press neutral for every single answer on there, think what you would get. Mm. You would get ISFP. Okay, let that sink in for a second. (laughs) If you had ISFP and you spent time thinking introspectively about where you lie on this spectrum of for like the answers, you would have got the same as someone who literally would have put neutral for every single one. Little funny fact there for all you ISFPs out there. ISFP homies. You guys should bond and then see which one of you is just neutral about everything. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay, well, first of all, before we start the next section, huge spoiler warning. Basically, we're gonna... Yeah, like, I'm sorry if you haven't... Okay, but that that also doesn't mean, like, if you haven't seen these two films or you forgot, then then it's not entertaining anymore. Um, If you don't mind spoilers, definitely listen in. But we're going to be talking about characters who appear really late into the stories, both of them, and then beginning and end. And we're also going to say basically what happens at the end. So huge spoiler warning. If you are if you want to save Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings for yourself, it, then come back at the end. We'll put a timestamp where everything yeah, is done. Yeah, we'll put a timestamp. Yeah. <laughs> so look out for the timestamp on YouTube. And if you're on Spotify, then good luck. <laughs> okay, so... Good luck. Um, I think you guys heard from like our previous episodes that Becca and I and another friend have this thing called the watch list. It's basically a list of films that we haven't seen or people have been recommending to us for like the last 20 years of our lives and we haven't seen. So we're taking this time during quarantine to catch up on these films. And we started with Harry Potter and just last week we finished all the Lord of the Rings. So we watched everything from the first one to the last one, Return of the King. It was great. But it was great. It was when great. we were watching, we noticed a lot of moments that I was like, oh my god, this is very similar. <laughs> and so we're going to take you through a list of things that we think were the same. Or not the same, but I would say inspired by. So give, give you even the like approximate timeline, Lord of the Rings came first. It was written way, way earlier. The films came out before Harry Potter ones, kind of as well kind of but definitely the books came out first oh and what we're comparing here is the films only exclusive to film because we haven't finished reading the lord of the rings books yet um so we're gonna keep it fair to films only but yeah becca do you want to take us away with the first comparison which the first comparison and the most obvious comparison that everyone definitely noticed is gandalf and dumbledore Oh man. Just from their appearances, the fact that they're both wizards, they're both very wise. Mm-hmm. They got that mm-hmm. very definable long beard. They do, they do. And just everything about them. Yeah, and in both the stories they, they serve as a guiding role where they guide the main character throughout the story. But I'm yes. gonna ask you a controversial question. Who do you like better? <gasps> Oh my gosh. <laughs> you know what? I feel like I like Dumbledore better, but I feel a little biased because I know more about Dumbledore because I read the books mm-hmm. and there therefore I know more of his backstory. Yeah. Gandalf the Grey Gandalf the Grey, because of the fact like we've only watched the movies, mm-hmm. we got a very surface level yes. kind of feel of him. And so, let's think movie yeah, only that's though. What I would choose. Yeah, but I think okay. Even in the movie, let me think. I feel like I would still choose Gandalf the Grey. I mean, not Gandalf. I would choose <laughs> Albus Dumbledore. 
<laughs> because okay. of just how he was with Harry. He was mm. like, because Harry didn't have much of a father figure. He was yeah. like his father figure. And mm-hmm. I thought that, that their relationship and their bond was very special. Yeah, I would have to agree yeah. with you. So, like, yeah. for me, um, I think it's because the the two worlds are different, right? So, like, yes, we know that Gandalf are. is a, a, like, character who, um, but whatever. But, like, Gandalf is really badass. I really enjoyed that. And the thing is, I do like Dumbledore more because he has a more human side to him. Like, he has he a, flaws, and which is something that I thought was lacking in Gandalf in the films. Like, he's he's very perfect and he's, well, not all the time, right? Like, he, mm-hmm. he did get his staff broken and stuff. But he, compared to Dumbledore, Dumbledore has more, like, humanly fault, so I can relate to him more. And I also that's think, true. yeah, that's why I would pick Dumbledore as well. Because I think he is more representative of, like, someone you could actually meet. Um, and then, but he's also very inspiring. Whereas Gandalf is just, like, an angel. Perfect. Yes, <laughs> he is. He is. The part when he came back, that oh, was yeah. crazy. Coley and I were going crazy. Because we, Cause like, we almost cried when he died. Or when he yeah. did the you shall not pass thing and then, like, fell down. Well, speaking of, like, the main characters, right? Um, There are also some similarities we, we picked out, at least in the mission that was given to the main characters, right? Yes. So, like, Frodo's mission is very similar to Harry's mission to destroy the Horcruxes. So, Frodo's mission was to destroy the ring, which is, like, the powerful ring. And this ring also is very similar to, like, a Horcrux. Yeah, like, the way that it affects the owner or the carrier is is almost the same. It, like, takes advantage of what they cherish. Mm -hmm. Um, At least, like, yeah, like, for example, in the Harry Potter books, when Ron tried to destroy one of the Horcruxes, it showed him his vulnerabilities, like his love for Hermione and his jealousy of Harry's success, right? And then, as for the ring, I, I thought of this moment, but it wasn't exactly the one ring doing it. It was more like, remember when Aragorn was looking into the crystal ball into mm-hmm. Sauron's eye? So Sauron's yes. the big bad guy, like Voldemort. And then he, he was shown his love, and that was supposed to deter him from going to attack Sauron, right? But uh, I think it's more like the evil entity is able to put into these objects things that can influence people to not harm him. So it's like they're both defense mechanisms. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. we got away from like the quest. But also the quest for both Harry and Frodo were like one-way trips. intended to be right yeah but they didn't end up being that way exactly which is great no they ended up coming back they ended up coming back both of them. yeah they all ended up coming back oh and speaking of which okay this is like a pretty small plot point in like the lord of the rings movie but do you remember when frodo was about to pass out and then he wakes up in like this really bright forest (gasps) and gadriel yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, gadriel was like it's not your time to go yet this completely reminded me of when freaking Harry was shot by uh, Voldemort and then he wakes up in King's Cross Station talking to Dumbledore. Yes, exactly. It reminded me so much of that too. Yeah, very similar. Hmm. Very, very similar. <laughs> and even in Harry Potter, there was a part when Ron and Harry got separated. Like Ron left. And yeah. then... In Lord of the Rings, there's a part when Sam and Frodo got separated. So Yeah, Samwise Gamgee. Yeah, and I it was love all that because guy. of the ring. Exactly. Oh, because of the Horcrux. Oh my god. Yes, exactly. Sorry, we're going to use like Horcrux interchangeably with like the ring because we basically in our heads thought they're the same thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, speaking of like when they got separated though, they, they met this creature... Yes. A huge spider called Shelob in Lord of the Rings. Does that remind you of someone? That's a... <laughs> hmm? Does that remind you of something right. in Harry Potter? Chamber of Secrets? What was his name? Yeah. Aragog? Aragog. Aragog, which reminds you of something else, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Aragorn. Wait, what? Aragorn! <laughs> 
yeah. So, so if you're getting confused here, basically, Shalob is the name of the big spider that tries to kill Frodo in Lord of the Rings. And then Aragog is the spider that Hagrid frees and lives in the Forbidden Forest in Harry Potter. And it's very similar to Aragorn, who is the king of Gondor in Lord of the Rings. Yes, main character. One of the main characters. Amazing. Yes. He's we'll let awesome. you sit on that. Hmm. Yeah. And then speaking of another creature, Gollum. Oh, yeah. Kind of reminds me of Dobby. Yes. They refer to each other, like, they refer to themselves in third person. So Dobby will be like, Dobby, blah, blah, blah. And they also mm-hmm. refer to, like, um, the person that they're with, their master. So, like, um, what was his name? Gollum. I'm getting confused yep. here. Gollum slash Smeagol. Smeagol. Yeah, they refer- he referred to Frodo as Master. And Dobby referred to Harry as Master. Yeah. So that was a similarity. But they are very different characters. Yes. Like, Dobby is a very sweet, such an angel. Mm-hmm. And um, we all know how... Smeagol is he <laughs> killed someone for the ring so yeah um the thing about like Smeagol is like he he's like one creature that's like that whereas in mm-hmm. Harry Potter it's like a whole race of them yes however I think their appearances though are extremely similar they are very similar especially and in Smeagol, the movies Smeagol was previously a hobbit so it was mm. like the ring who kind of turned him into this thing mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas, like, um, Dobby is a part of the race of uh, house elves. Yeah. But otherwise, it's still very similar. Very cool. It is. Uh, There's actually a lot of creatures that are similar. But another one that we can touch on a little bit is that there's this thing in Lord of the Rings called the Nazgul's. Nazgul's. And they, like, hunt um, hunt after Harry and them. Uh, not Harry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> hunt after Frodo and stuff like that. So it's kind of like the Dementors. The Dementors. Yeah. Very similar to the Dementors. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they're all hooded. They're all... You never see their faces, kind of. That's basically the creatures. But then there was also... There's also, like, some minor creatures that are very similar, too. Like, do you remember what was living in the Black Lake in Harry Potter? Oh yeah, giant squid. Mm-hmm. Giant squid. And then there was also a well, was it also a squid? I think so. I saw like sources online like on Reddit, they basically said it was a kraken, which is also a giant squid. Okay. Yeah, but cool. there was also one like in the first movie when Lord of the Rings and the the Fellowship of the Ring was at the door for the Mines of Moria and then the kraken like comes out and starts grabbing them. But it's yes. very similar. Okay, one thing I found extremely random about the giant squid in Harry Potter is what is the giant squid? Yeah. Like, why is it there? They never <laughs> talked about it, actually. Yeah, the Did only they? time they mentioned it, I was extremely confused. It was like, Ron was just casually like, I hope the giant squid eats this guy. And I'm like, There's what? <laughs> or like, they... I think it was more... Oh, wait, we said we were going to compare movies. They probably didn't mention the giant squid in the Harry Potter movies. Really? Did they? I think they did, though. Wasn't it like when, when, what school did Victor Crumb come from? Uh, didn't yeah. they mention it when they were coming? Yeah, that was. Oh, it was the comment Ron made, right? I think. I hope so. the giant squid eats Victor Crumb. Something <laughs> like that. Something like that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it would have been Goblet of Fire. Yes. Yeah. So I think that was the only time. They never really yeah, showed I think it, they though. Briefly, maybe briefly. I don't remember too much. Yeah, we might be getting the books and movies confused here. But um, it was definitely a side character. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a side character. Don't even know if you can call it a character, honestly. It's just a thing. Yeah. But speaking basically. of, like, entities, they both had trolls. They did. So you'll remember from the first... The first Harry Potter movie, mm. there was a troll that was in the washroom. Mm-hmm. And then there was a troll in Lord of the Rings in the first movie as well. Was it the first one? Was it? I, I forgot. I think it was. I, I just remember like trolls attacking the walls. Like Every time the bad guys were there, there were trolls. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Then maybe it was like more frequent than just the first one. Unsure. But yeah, they both had trolls. There's, like many of them. But many I think, trolls. Like, 
trolls. Um, the striking similarity between like trolls in the in the two series for me was like how trolls were used to attack the good guys. Yes. Like in both cases, it was like that, and it was always the trolls were hitting at like the castle walls, and so I was like, mm, oh, very yeah. interesting. <laughs> True. Uh, oh my gosh. Okay, I do want to bring it back to um the 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 main villain. Right. Okay. As we all know, Sauron. Yeah, Sauron, main villain of Lord of the Rings, and Voldemort, main villain of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I feel like. Even though Sauron wasn't a body, like he had, he didn't have the body. I feel like him and Voldemort were very similar. In like the way that they put their powers into objects, so this relates back yeah, to Horcruxes. Okay, okay, yeah. Right, and I then see what you're saying. right, like they they both use the same tactic to keep themselves longer Alive. living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, when the ring was destroyed, Sauron was, was destroyed. Yeah, I, I heard Voldemort. it was, like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Voldemort, as long as you destroyed his core cruxes, then you just kill him and he's done. Yeah. Right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Very true. Uh, I, I felt like, that was very similar. Person, but that yeah. was very important. Because, like, they, they both... I guess, like, if you put it into words of Harry Potter, they both sought out dark magic to keep themselves living. But then... Also, one thing I noticed was that their followers are not loyal, right? So, for example, in the last battle in Harry Potter, when Voldemort was uh, falling, he started to lose his followers, right? Not all of them stayed behind. It was pretty much only Bellatrix and, like, the big bad guys. Then the same thing with Sauron. Right when his tower was collapsing, all his followers started to run away. None of them tried to go back to save him. Even though they knew that the place was collapsing, they... I feel like loyal followers would go and see what's up. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> they also both wanted their victim alive. Okay, yeah. I feel like that this is one of my biggest pet peeves, okay? <laughs> if you were a bad guy, why would you always want your victim to be alive? That's always the downfall of the bad guys. <laughs> like... They're Literally, like, I want him alive. Yeah. Bring him to me. I'll take care of it. Mm-hmm. There were yeah. so many points where Harry could have just been knocked out and then Voldemort would have won. But he's like, no, I have to be the one to shoot him with this little green light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, okay. But, um... it, yeah, it might sound like we're criticizing like Harry Potter since it came after that it was copying Lord of the Rings. But that's that's not what we're saying. We're saying that there's possibly inspirations, right? But what do you think? What what, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, what do you guys between? think? Yeah, leave in the comments below if you think that the writers possibly uh, took inspiration from Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. But either way, we're still big fans of both of them. It's, we're not saying that just because there's ideas that appear in both of them means that we dislike one or the other. No. Uh, it's because there's so much more. We only brought out the things that are the same, but there's so much more that are different. And that's what makes them enjoyable, right? Both of them. Yeah, and that's what makes them unique. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of other fantasy movies and shows also draw inspiration from lord of the rings so it's not just harry potter not just jk rowling it's like a bunch of other films and shows that you've seen that you might have thought oh hey this kind of reminds me of lord of the rings as well yeah lord of the rings is one of the biggest classics um at least from what Mm -hmm. we know and then uh, i know becca hasn't seen game of thrones but after watching game of thrones there are a lot of striking similarities as well um even the time period is is like set in like the same at least like harry potter is like present day (laughs) yeah yeah and also like huge difference they're in totally different worlds right yeah yeah like wizards you might have noticed if you watched it like gandalf in that world is like so different than how Dumbledore is in his world Mm -hmm. because Gandalf like even though he's a wizard he still had limitations like he wasn't like almighty and all-powerful he didn't have like an elder wand and stuff he still fought with like a sword 
right? Mm-hmm. Like he didn't use magic all the time. He still fought like traditionally. He rode a horse and like yeah. And there wasn't like five thousand spells that he could use, and he couldn't yeah, operate. Exactly. Right? Yeah, exactly. So there was a lot of limitations to his powers. He wasn't like all mighty, all powerful wizard. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's what makes him really unique too. Yeah, I personally love them both. Like when I saw yeah, Gandalf, I was like, oh my god, he's amazing. But uh, speaking of similarities between like Harry, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, there might be some similarities. Uh, like if you live in Chongqing in the next year, you'll notice some similarities between your own city and Lord of the Rings. Ah, I'm going to bring to you today's very quick QT time. Basically, Lord of the Rings uh, was actually super popular in China. So uh, it was a very popular fan of story there, and then probably in other Asian countries too. But apparently, allegedly, Lord of the Rings inspired this skyscraper in Chongqing. So first of all, to give an example of popularity, The Return of the King, which is the last Lord of the Rings movie, uh, in 2004, garnered about a Chinese box office of 86.3 million RMB, which is approximately 13.3 million USD. This is actually pretty low compared to recent films that come out, but this is the beginning of when they started to accept like um, uh, Western media and stuff like that, right? So it was actually very high. And... Uh, Lord of the Rings was loved by a lot of fans and they still have a lot of fans today there. Chongqing is not uh, a very, very big city. It's like, there's like tiers to cities in Asia and it's not first tier. So the, the buildings aren't that tall. <laughs> but um, it's actually 107 meters. So it's not even the height of CN Tower. I'm sorry, this is disappointing. Oh, wow. <laughs> Damn. So in the height, I guess, is not a like uh, Sauron's tower. But basically, it's 107 meters tall. And then the impressive part to this, though, is not the height, but is the circular glass corridor that is to resemble the Lord of the Rings eye. Um, so basically, Ooh. what they did was they moved a 2,000-ton circular glass corridor to the top of the building after it was built and apparently this was uh, inspired by Lord of the Rings. And uh, it's wow. like, this building was a part of like 2.8 billion Canadian uh, technology park. No, Canadian dollars technology park in Chongqing. So it's supposed to be advanced. And people are saying it looks like the Eye of Sauron. If you guys want to see, there's like cool time-lapse videos of them moving this thing up. Like, think about it, 2,000 tons? That's insane. And you're going against gravity to put this in place. Pretty cool. Wow. Yeah, so that was this week's QT time. Hope it was interesting. Try to relate it to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah, it is really interesting. But I was just wondering, uh, mm-hmm. what is your favorite part of the Lord of the Rings films? Because we just finished it. It's, like, very fresh. It is very fresh. What was my favorite part? Okay, it's probably like the ending or something when they all got back together Ah. and it was like all reunited because Frodo was away the whole time and he didn't even know Gandalf was alive. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And then the moment he saw each other, like, oh, that was cute. That was cute. But in terms of like plot, I'm trying to think which part of the plot did I like particularly? Mm hmm. Um, yeah, I literally didn't realize that Frodo went two movies without knowing Gandalf was alive. <laughs> yes, yes. That yeah. must have added to his burden. I really liked the relationship between, like, Gimli and mm. Legolas. Yeah, same. I liked how they showed the three of them going out and destroying uh, Sauron's orcs, I think they were called. Yeah. And they just them saving the world Mm -hmm. that was cool that definitely relates to my favorite point it wasn't really a plot point it was more like a director's choice it was good screenplay writing basically there was this point where they were fighting i know you you know what's coming (laughs) they were fighting with the king of rohan uh in the i think it's called the the deep where they the the rohan people had went to go hide from the orcs and then this time saruman which is another bad guy, was still alive and he was attacking them. And there was this really cool moment where <laughs> it's, it shows 
the three of them. First, it shows Aragorn, and he, like, raises his sword, and he's, like, fire, and then a rain of arrows just shoots up behind this guy's head, like a peacock feather, and hits people. Then he goes and, like, slicing people. And then it immediately cuts to, actually, it probably starts with Gimli. I probably got the order wrong, but it, like, cuts to Gimli, which is a little dwarf guy who just doesn't mind all these spears pointing up at him. He just jumps and dives in and starts hacking people. And then this is my favorite part. It cuts to Legolas. I forgot about this part. Yo, Legolas, so badass. He doesn't even have a shield on him, but somehow he produces a shield out of nowhere, throws it down a set of stairs, and starts shield surfing. Okay, the first time I saw shield surfing was in a video game. It was in Zelda Breath of the Wild. You could shield surf. But this man shield surfs down a set of stairs and shoots arrows as he's going. This is my favorite triple cut scene in the whole it's series. It's so good. It's actually amazing. Yeah. So, so if you guys good. are interested, you can look it up. I bet you'll find yeah. it somewhere. Yeah, that one. And then there's also the part with the ends. I love the part with the ends. I just forgot about that. But I love the ends so bad. There's what this one ends? part. Oh, the ends. The ends are trees. And they are just like these trees that took care of Mary and Pippin for a few days. And took them under their their branches and walked slowly across so the chill. forest. They're so chill. But when they found out that Sauron was destroying the trees, they were super angry. Mm. So they went to Sauron's place. I don't remember where it was. Saruman. It was Saruman's tower. Yeah, Saruman's tower. Yeah. And then they went and just started stomping on all of his (laughs) followers, all of his orcs. And then there's this one part when like an orc set fire to, to one of the Ents. And then the Ents managed to like break a dam or something a, a mm-hmm. wall a and a bunch of water flowed in and then the ant the ant who was on fire saw this opportunity to take to extinguish extinguish <laughs> his fire head and it was great it was perfect yes it's amazing there are it's gifts amazing. on reddit oldie but yes. goodie look it up it's so good satisfying it's moment so good yeah <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah. That basically sums up what we wanted to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys so much for watching. Comment down below for what your MBTI is. Mm-hmm. And don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Watch us or listen to us on the go, right? We yep. are posting bi-weekly episodes to give you two fresh doses of the BBT pod each month. Yes. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to leave us a comment, a like, and also leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts because that would help us out a lot. Yeah, so we'll see y'all next time. And don't forget, it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. Bye! Thank you for listening to the BBT Pod. Our music is by our friend at soundcloud.com slash M-I-E-R-U-K-O. See y'all next time. Bye! Bye.